Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Let me start this podcast by saying that I understand very well how we all become calloused to the news. I admit, as I've admitted many times before, that I am easily bored, uh, that I have to watch uh, missing some important news, important trends, important things happening in our world uh, because I just get sort of calluses on my ears. I just let things go by. And Uh, This is particularly possible in our media world. In the course of a day, I am likely to watch two or three channels of television news. I'm likely to watch the evening newscast. I'm likely to get a lot of alerts on my cell phone about news. I'm likely to read a number of websites for news. I also read, uh, get magazines, both in paper and online, um, you know, in Kindle. Uh, I, I, I read voraciously. So in the course of a day, uh, I might consume two hours of news. And, uh, you know, when you're later in life like I am and you've consumed as much news as I have and there's as much news just pouring forth like there is today, it's easy to miss things. It's easy to let things go by. It's it's even easy to let major words like atrocity or or, you know, genocide go by as though they're hardly even noticeable. But there is something happening today that I want to make sure that you don't let go by because it is an absolute horror. And if we don't stop it now, if we don't deal with it now as the vile thing that it is, it will increase in our world and it will be with dire results is not even enough of a phrase to capture what will happen if we let this go by. Uh, We now all know that the Assad regime in Syria has been using uh, chemical attacks on its people. There's been a civil war in Syria for a while. The Assad regime has been vicious and putting down quote unquote rebels. And so I hope you've seen on television, I'm sorry you had to, but I hope you've seen on television uh, the results of the gassings that the Assad regime has done. Uh, Chemical warfare chemical gassings of people in combat is an astonishing horror. There are a variety of types of gas. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on them, uh, though I'm going to tell you some personal stories, personal experiences with those who have been gassed in a moment. But depending on what kind of gas is used, it's possible for people to sustain horrible burns on their skin. It's possible for the gas to attack the nerves and drive people crazy instantaneously. Um, in one gas attack that I know about, for example, uh, people began, their lungs began to liquefy. Uh, they began to spit up blood and white foam. And in some cases, they were in such wild agony that their jerking around broke their bones, snapped their necks. Um, in another gassing I know about, dogs and uh, horses and mules were in such agony that they kicked about and broke their own necks while they were in such agony. Uh, it's stunning what can happen. And the Assad regime in Syria uh, has been gassing villages and townships. And you've seen, I, I trust, the results. Uh, children are just are choked to death in their own blood. They're, they're, they're literally suffocating on the liquefying of their own internal. 
internal organs. Uh, pe- people are just dazed. They are in absolute agony. They can't breathe. Their eyes are literally as though they have been set aflame. Uh, their nerve endings are like needles are being driven into their skin, thousands of them at one time. Um, they're unable to think. Uh, if they, In some cases, when they survive, they're still just me- so mentally impaired they can never function again. In some cases, the gas can have the effect of almost producing immediate and total mental retardation. Uh, it's, it is, it is unbelievable horror, uh, to, to experience this and to see what's going on. And one of the reasons that I'm sensitive to it, obviously I've never been through an attack myself, but one of the reasons that I'm sensitive to this is that I studied in pretty much detail and also visited the site and met with experts about the famous Halabja gassings in 1988. This was when Saddam Hussein wanted to punish uh, the town of Halabja for supposedly uh, cooperating with and supporting the Iranians during the Iran-Iraq war. And so he sent gunships in midday one day in 1988, and he dropped uh, gas, a variety of forms of gas, uh, on Halabja. Well, 5,000 people died instantly. Another 5,000 died uh, over a period of time. Uh, Some people had burns still on their skin, low-grade burns, burning two years later uh, and many years later. uh, People people sometimes suffered for the rest of their lives. In fact, journalists who went in to film the thing, who got a little bit of the gas on them, uh, often developed cancers and sicknesses and diseases and died early. It was potent stuff. And... I wrote about having having interviewed a lot of people and having found out what happened on the ground and watched the videos. Uh, I wrote about the suffering that occurred. You see, the gas is heavy, so it it settles in the low places, and that's often where people go to hide uh, when they've been hiding from gunships and, and bombings before. What do they do? They go to basements, they go to low places, they go into ditches and into ravines. Well, that's where the gas settles. And it's a macabre kind of scene. People said, for example, that one of the first things that happens when gas is dropped in an area is that the birds start falling dead from the sky because often the birds are some of the most quickly affected. And then the animals begin contorting and twisting themselves. And and like I say, horses, mules, dogs, uh, other animals can kick so wildly, they're so muscular, that they can break their own bones and snap their own necks. And then, and then people begin to breathe in the gas, and some of them die instantly because they're older and firm or young. But, but others start to laugh hilariously and run around laughing ins- in- in- insanely before they drop over dead, forming, foaming at the mouth. It is a stunning, stunning, horrifying, agonizing way to die. And the ground then absorbs these chemicals and doesn't produce for years. And like I say, people can die just even getting it secondhand. It is... It is a horrible, horrible thing, and the, and we, you know, we we can debate forever whether uh, Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction, but we we know absolutely that he did because he used them. Now, why the Bush administration couldn't find them, and what kind of reports Colin Powell gave at the UN that weren't accurate—that's that's for historians to sort out later. But what we know for sure 
is that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction and he used them. What happened to them at the end of his reign, I don't know. Uh, although a couple of prominent generals in the Iraqi army later said that they simply got moved over national lines, that they were absolutely there. They simply got moved. So my point is not to debate all of that. My point is to say that the use of chemical weapons even on civilian populations, is returning in America and world society. We know that the Russians, uh, Mr. Putin's Russia, is, is giving chemical weapons to Syria. And I know sometimes in the United States that we watch what happens other places in the world and we think, well, it's happening there, it's terrible, but it's not happening here. Let me assure you that the same companies that produce these weapons for Assad would be delighted to sell them uh, to other people like ISIS, other terrorist groups, or perhaps they could be stolen if they weren't sold legitimately to these groups. And a dirty bomb could be set off in Manhattan, a dirty bomb could be set off in Chicago or, or in D.C. We have allowed ourselves to become callous to these reports. There's so much suffering in the world. There's such graphic video. We've, we've almost all watched children die uh, laid out on the sidewalk in some bombed out city, and we've become callous to it. But let me raise a bit of an alarm that the use of chemical weapons is an agonizing terrorizing, uh, generation-tainting, land-destroying, culture-destroying weapon beyond any other. You shoot a man, he dies, that's the end of it. I'm not saying it's good, I'm just saying that's the end of it. But you gas a man in the sense that you drop gas on his city, well, that's something that's going to taint thousands, that's something that's going to live on, that's something that's going to seep into the soil and make it unusable, that could even make uh, certain buildings, certain regions un uninhabitable. Uh, It's a much bigger thing, not, of course, to diminish the fact that the way of death, the manner of death is absolutely evil. It's absolutely demonic. It's vile. And we must not, we must not simply turn to blind eye. We must not simply say this is just another version of warfare because chemical weapons have not come in uh, great strength into the West as, uh, as used by our enemies. But we know, for example, um, that dissident Russians have been gassed and gassed, by the way, recently in England, uh, Russian dissidents gassed probably by the Putin administration in England. Uh, It's a favorite tactic of Putin and Russia, and it will be used elsewhere, and it will be used powerfully. And of course, eventually, if we don't show any resolve, it will be used in the West. It will will not be that surprising to have a car blow up somewhere on the mall in D.C. and to find out that a two-mile, well, not a two-mile, but maybe blocks of uh, the city are now blanketed by a cloud of chemicals that just absolutely destroy life. So let's take this seriously. I realize it's frustrating sometimes when I speak on this podcast about things the average person feels like they can't change. But let me give you some steps. First of all, get educated. Read a little bit. Go ahead and face it. Go ahead and Google you know, gas wep- gas attacks or Assad and chemical weapons or Putin and chemical weapons, however you want to phrase it, and get educated a little bit. Then I want everybody who knows, who listens to this podcast to know 
know the phone numbers of their congressmen and their senators. Uh, that That's a minimum. And make make your wishes known. Uh, express yourself. These people re- represent you. Tell them that you're concerned about this. Tell them that you want the U.S. to condemn this. Tell them that you want Nikki Haley, uh, our ambassador to the U.N., to speak against it. Tell them you want a resolution. Tell them you want the manufacturers in the West uh, to be punished. Because I'll tell you, the Halabja gassing in 1988, the gassing of those thousands of Kurds, that gas was sold to them by Western companies, including companies from the United States. And it was all done legally because we don't have the bans and the accords that we need. And then finally, express yourself, write papers on it, write blogs, use social media. This is important. And I'm not trying to be hyper alarmist uh, just for the sake of promoting a podcast. That's the last thing I would do. But I do want to say it's coming our way. There's already been a gas, like I say, of dissident Russians in in England. Uh, we will see it again. What's going to happen when these same kind of terrorists who will drive trucks into crowds in Paris or elsewhere in the world, what's going to happen when they figure out how to make chemical weapons? What's going to happen when those chemical weapons are sold to them? Because it's legal for Western companies to produce them and to sell them even if it's not legal for our Western militaries to use them. And that's the hypocrisy we have going right now. So don't let your ears be callous. This is a serious and vile trend in our world. And if we don't deal with it, it's going to deal with us. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.